brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, hi, Allie. Happy full moon. Oh, hey. Happy full moon and happy beer day. I figured a pumpkin spice beer is uh, perfect for tonight's festivities. I think so. Absolutely. We are talking about the Salem Witch Trials. And there's a lot of misinformation about the Salem Witch Trials. Like, what do you remember about the Salem Witch Trials? What what's, what do you oh, think Oh, they of? look like pilgrims. Um, they were mm-hmm. scorned women that didn't deserve what they mm-hmm. had coming to them because they probably were misunderstood and people feared them because that's today's. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm like in and out of the mic, but sorry. <laughs> um, that's all right. And also that they were burned at the stake. I know that. Nope. No? They were not burned at the stake here in the United States. That was more of a European thing. Are you serious? Yeah, there was a huge uh, witchcraft scare panic in The w- witchcraft Europe. satanic panic? The sa- witchcraft satanic panic, yeah. <laughs> Uh, in the 1300s in Europe. And basically, it really, um, they that's where they would, you know, burn these witches at the stake and things like that. So, yeah. but here, we didn't burn them at the stake. It was still horrible what we you did. Are, obviously, yeah. But, like, that's the ultimate Mandela effect then because I remember learning in school mm-hmm. they were burned at the stake. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know. Me too. And I, you know, honestly, in all of my research, I did not see anything. Uh, nope. I Absolutely nothing. None of the witches accused in the Salem witch trials were burned at the stake. I know. It doesn't make it any better, but I'm just saying. We all you know, remember I'm, it I'm wrong. Sorry, listeners who came to this podcast to hear about bitches being burned at the stake. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Did they burn them at the stake in Arthur Miller's Crucible? Because remember the Crucible? <gasps> oh. Oh, I don't remember. Okay, we're going to have to look that up. Yeah, um, that's interesting. And see, because Arthur Miller's Crucible mm-hmm. was uh, written, actually it was uh, more about the McCarthy Red Scare mm-hmm. in the 50s. And he wrote the Crucible. And it was like the witch hunts, the witch trials. So, hmm. mm-hmm. the more you know, I've right? Been it's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. I've got this kitten that is she's all over the freaking place. Ophelia, just calm down. <laughs> that full so moon today, uh, I know. Is it your first moon? No, it's probably her second full moon. No excuse. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about the Salem witch trials on today's episode of Horrific Heartland. <laughs> 
my sources today, smithsonianmag.com, ghostcitytours.com, and history.com. The Salem witch trials happened in Salem, Massachusetts, as we all know, from 1692 to 1693. I always thought it was for a longer amount of time, Mm -hmm. but it was really just about a year. Uh, Still pretty efficient in being, you know, uh, devastating and inflicted as much damage as possible. 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft. 200. 220 were executed. Oof. So here's a little back history on what was happening in Salem before the trials. So going back to 1689, English rulers started a war with France, but it happened in the American colonies. Caused a whole bunch of problems in upstate New York and Nova Scotia and Quebec. So all of those residents who were displaced made their way down to Essex County, uh, specifically Salem. And Salem was not set up for the influx of this new population. So they're already pretty stressed out about that. Meanwhile, as these people are coming into Salem, there's already um, an argument, a very stressful situation, rivalry between families with ties to the wealth of the port of Salem, which is right there on the water, and the families who still depend on agriculture. So there was a lot of butting of the heads there. Caused a lot of stress. A lot of people were real stressed out, like, you know, why can't we just all get along? Mm -hmm. So we've got all of this stuff going on. So we've got these people arguing, people fighting and, and um, causing you know, problems, getting supplies, getting uh, staples, things that you need to live. And then we've got these newcomers coming into the city. And then to top it all off, here comes Reverend Samuel Paris, who was Salem's first ordained minister. Mm-hmm. People didn't like him. He was stern and he was greedy as hell. So all of these things are happening in Salem. And the residents of Salem are primarily Puritan residents. So they are, that's redundant. They're primarily Puritans. There we go. <laughs> so I'm like, I know really, that word. <laughs> they're, they're really freaked out because there's a lot of strife, a lot of discord happening in their town. And it's just like all at once. So it's a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So they think all of this fighting, all of this discord this is all the work of the devil and they're like well yeah so there you you have their their mindset they're already scared you know um they're already putting their worst fear into action i mean well it makes sense because at that time it's the fear of the unknown so they immediately Mm -hmm. jump to conclusions religion based because that's all they have and it's sad how that's trickled down to today's modern age day and age you know yeah Absolutely. I mean, really. Fucking yeah, I Puritans mean, it's, messing every, everything up for everybody. Jeez they really Christ. did. It, all, it can all be traced <laughs> back to them. Yeah. Jerks. <laughs> so basically, things continue to be stressful in Salem for a few years. They're still trying to you know, deal with the, the new population and just kind of stabilize the economy, stabilize the um, you know, availability of food and, and things in Salem. And because children are God's little miracles with a gift for timing, in January of 1692... I thought those were cats. Well, yeah. The uh, Reverend Paris's daughter, Elizabeth, who was nine years old, and his niece, Abigail, who was 11, started having fits. So they're screaming, throwing things. They're making weird noises. They're contorting themselves into just weird positions. And a local doctor came in and was like, hmm. That's supernatural. 
No, it's well, not. It's schizophrenia, paranoia, depression, bipolar well, disorder. You name D all of the above. Like, come on. It actually, it could have been from a uh, fungal thing that was going on in the grain. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. That okay. causes hallucinations and oh. all of that kind of stuff. Nice. But the OG LSD. Okay, I stand corrected. Oh, yeah, you're right. So. Note to self, find fungus these, grain. These <laughs> girls are having these fits. And then a third girl, an 11-year-old, Ann Putnam, starts having similar episodes. So this was in January. So by the end of February, there are some magistrates in town and they start pushing the girls to tell them, well, what the hell's going on? What did you get into? How did this happen? Why are you acting this way? Well, they're kids and they're scared. So they just blamely, blindly blamed three women for afflicting them. A woman named Tituba, who was uh, the slave of the Paris family, Sarah Good, who was a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, um, who had made some questionable choices in her life, which made her an outcast in society. Oh, I feel I feel her in my soul. I know. So, so begins the witch hunt. Um, all three women were brought in before the local magistrates and, and questioned just for days, just for days. Osborne and Good both said, hey, I didn't do this. I am innocent. Well, Tatuba goes in there and says, yeah, I did this. I'm in witchcraft. I'm involved in witchcraft. And I do all this crazy stuff. Like, the devil came to me and bid me to serve him. And then she makes all of these huge, huge accusations and paints these just elaborate, terrifying pictures and says, a black man wanted me to sign his book. And so then she says she signed the book and that there were several other witches looking to destroy the Puritans. And so because wait, okay. she... So wait, did she... Do you really believe that she did... Like, did it actually happen? Or do you think she was just, like, lying to their face and, like, giving them a run for their money? I don't know why. I, no, I don't believe that really happened. I don't believe that really happened at all. I think she was just kind of saying, you know what? Suck it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going down anyway, so you guys are going to go, you know, down chasing your tail. Yeah. Yeah, she was, she was, yeah, okay. So I, I, I respect it. Thanks to what Tatuba had said, um, they weren't just dealing with three random witches. There were more amongst them. So then this is implanting that fear in the society of Salem. Okay, now I know where their mindset is. They're like, let's let's mess with these people. Right, exactly. I love it. Respect. Mm-hmm. So she even brought the other two women in. She said Osborne and Good were involved in the devil. And she says she had... Uh, conversations with animals and she was obligated to hurt the young girls and because she confessed and gave such a detailed confession she wasn't executed but she was still convicted okay so basically they're rewarding her for her heroic uh truth if you will Mm -hmm. and her her, okay that doesn't make any sense like call hypocritical i'm gonna call them Mm -hmm. hypocritical that's the best way i can describe it that's stupid exactly and i i she's probably i actually i don't know i can't even begin to 
imagine or speculate what was going on in her head. You know, I would love to be a fly on that 1692, probably scared to death. Yeah. You know, I mean, who, who knows? So, um, these women are in Boston. They were incarcerated in Boston until their trial. And then, um, you know, good said, Sarah good was like, well, I am not involved in any of this, but, um, you know, Osborne is Sarah Osborne is so it's not like to be just, uh, res- not to be confused by Osborne, like uh, Kelly, Jack or Sharon or Ozzy. Ozzy. Hello, Ozzy. I was naming the whole family. Show respect oh, to the whole well. family. <laughs> so basically, they're all blaming each other. And meanwhile, Sarah Osborne is like, I, I didn't do this. You know what I mean? So here's something interesting about these women, though. We have a slave. We have a beggar and we have a woman who was seen as making questionable choices. Um, Sarah Osborne. Like what kind of questionable choices are we talking about? Well, after her husband passed away, she married her servant and she stole her children's inheritance. So she was like a wealthy upper class widow. Oh, Um, but that made her an outcast. She yeah, had no, quest- that's fair. made questionable and immoral choices. So, and she was 49 years old and she was already terminally ill. So this Sarah Osborne is the one who, you know, said all along, look, I didn't do this. But everybody else is like, oh, well, Sarah, you know, Sarah Good she did was the ringleader. <laughs> yeah. Sarah Good was a lower class woman. She was a, a beggar. She was actually pregnant with her third child during these trials. Oh, that's added stress that the baby didn't need or her. Right. Well, so looking at these three women, the common thread between these three women is that they were all, quote unquote, social deviants. Yeah, power to us. Woo. mm -hmm. A scandalized widow, a long-term beggar, a slave, and then neither... Good or Osborne attended church, and so they were looked down upon by the rest of the community because they I didn't go to church. I respect them so much. Mm-hmm. Live your truth, girls. So, so these the the accusers are just blindly accusing these three women who don't fit in in the society. So, kind of, let's just kind of keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So, these crazy, just these crazy methods of trying to obtain justice were happening during the Salem witch trials. While Sarah Good was in jail, her four-year-old daughter, and Sarah was the beggar, her four-year-old daughter, Dorothy, was also accused. There was another informant named Ann Putnam Jr. Um, She was the main accuser in in Dorothy, the four-year-old daughter's case. She claimed the child's apparition harmed her. So Dorothy, four-year-old Dorothy, was thrown in jail. She spent several months chained in a filthy dungeon. Oh, mm-hmm. that's horrible. At four years old. Mm. And she suffered severe mental trauma, and that hindered her for the rest of her life. Yeah. Now, since Sarah Good was pregnant... They were 
decent enough to hold her execution until after she gave birth. Unfortunately, her newborn child died in prison. So then in mid-July, um, she was hanged. Aww. Now, Sarah Osborne, she had been terminally ill anyways, and she died shortly after in jail. So she really, you know, she kind of lucked out dying yeah. in jail, unfortunately. Yeah. So we have these three women. Uh, Tatuba survived. She, she ratted out supposedly everybody else. Osborne died, natural causes, and uh, Sarah Good was hanged. So when each witch was accused, they were brought into court and questioned. And a lot of the trials were very similar. Accusers would say that the... Um, the witch in question actually came to them and did harm. So the accusers would use what was called spectral evidence to demonstrate the person's involvement in the cult. They would claim that the specter of the witch had appeared to them, biting, pinching, and choking them until they signed the devil's book. Wow. Everybody was try they were trying to get everybody to sign this devil's book. Well, the accusers would also claim that the specter in court was causing them duress and they would like, have you, you've seen like the, the lithograph or not lithographs, but the like prints yeah. and the black prints of like the, ah, you know, the um, fainting and the just wailing and just like the craziness that accompanied these trials. Mm -hmm. Well, they would be touched by their tormentor, the witch on trial and then they would just like go into fits. So trying <laughs> trying to prove that this, you know, um, spectral evidence was a real thing. Funny, it's a funny story is like this I know surprisingly I know this <laughs> because of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So they had an episode where the class goes to Salem to learn about the witch trials and they talk about just this and they do it Libby Chess uh God Chess Chesler, I think is her last name, the character. Libby, the, the bully, she's blaming uh, Sabrina and her friend Jenny to be witches. And she keeps pointing like, witch, witch. Oh, she's touching me. Oh, it's cold. It's cold. Oh, my gosh. Aren't you cold? Like, and spectator, like that. Oh, my. And spectator, spe not spectator, specter. Um, it's, I, I'm like, wow. How do I know this verb, verbiage? Thank you, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good episode if you uh, want to go back and watch. Anyways, I digress. So when all this is happening, and so there are, you know, many other victims after the initial three, and people are saying that there is this spectral evidence, and people are buying it. Well, there was a respected minister, his name was Cotton Mather, and he was like, hold up just a minute. That doesn't make a damn lick of sense. How on earth can you put value in this? Or even accept testimony about dreams and visions. I mean, this is ridiculous. And his father, his his uh, dad's name was Increase Mather, and he was the president of Harvard College. Um, he backed his son, Cotton Mather, saying, uh, these standards of evidence for witchcraft must be equal to those for any other crime. So basically, he concluded it would be better that 10 suspected witches escape than one innocent person be condemned. But did anybody listen? No. no not at all. Not because at all. Because who would want to? 
Cause, because right. that just makes so much sense. We're not going to think it makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here we go. May 27th, 1692, Governor William Phipps ordered the establishment of a special court. So there was somebody to hear and somebody to decide. Um, the first case brought to the special court was Bridget Bishop. Now, here is Bridget's story. Um, she was targeted immediately after Tatuba's confession. Abigail Williams and Putnam Jr., Elizabeth Hubbard. I mean, there were several of these uh, girls who said that Bridget Bishop came and tortured them in spectral form. Um, she was actually Bishop. Bridget Bishop was the first woman to be convicted. Now, the thing about Bridget Bishop was she had an unusual lifestyle. She was married multiple times. Um, She had two taverns and she dressed in bright colors. And these are all things that the Puritans were like, "Mm, that doesn't really fly with us, Bridget. I feel like I'm her. She is Mm -hmm. me. Yes. So... uh, Besides the young girls, a bunch of other were like, oh, you know, a bunch of other people were like, hey, we're ganging up on Bridget. Cool. Yeah, I don't like that freak. So they, a bunch of townspeople came and were like, well, yeah, she bewitches children and she has dolls, like voodoo dolls for satanic purposes. And um, so this, all of this stuff, these people just saying, oh, yeah, she's a freak. She, you know, came to me in my sleep. That was all used as evidence against her. And Bridget Bishop was executed on June 10th of 1692. Hmm. She was the first person hanged on what was later called Gallows Hill. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, it was uh, actually it was after um, her execution that uh, Cotton Mather was like, wait, hold up just a second. We're, we're actually taking this as evidence. Because it does not make evidence. any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry to go out of uh, chronological order a bit there, but I just wanted to revisit that it was after Bridget was killed that, you know, it was executed that it was like, that's not right. What the hell? So, another woman who was accused was a 71-year-old woman named Rebecca Nurse. Um, unlike everybody else, she was actually considered to be an exceptional member of the community. She was kind and respected. Um, even after she was accused, a lot of her acquaintances came forward to petition her release. They tried to get her free. I mean, even people that had disagreements with Rebecca had spoke up in her favor. Um, she came really, really close to being acquitted, but the girl's convincing seizures and overall performance in the courtroom led to her execution. So she was hanged on July 19th, 1692. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I f- uh, wow, that really sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, w- you know, and people were like, no, this is ridiculous. This is hysteria. This woman is a good woman. Even people who argued with her were like, oh, hold up just a damn minute here. Right. You know? So then we have George Burroughs. It wasn't just women. Mm-mm. And a man of God. He was one of the first ministers to step into the Salem Village Church. From the beginning, he was met with conflict. People just didn't like him. They thought that he was unqualified for the role. Uh, The public paid his salary. 
And so... Well, that's why they were mad, because they had to pay for this guy that they disagreed right. with. Right. So then they stopped paying. The people of Salem stopped paying his salary to get him to resign. And so he's like, well, okay, now what the hell am I supposed to do? So he borrows money from Thomas Putnam, whose daughter, Anne, is an accuser. Wow. So Wow. He moved, <laughs> like, my yeah. mind's kind of blown right now. <laughs> but all this information already, like, geez. So before George Burroughs can pay uh, Thomas Putnam back, he moves to Maine. And so <laughs> Thomas Putnam's like, what the hell, man? I lent you money and you move? Well, you're a witch. So they brought him back and tried him for witchcraft, and he was executed. Wow. Wow. Just because the guy was like, hey, where's my money? Mm-hmm. He was like, well, now he's gone. But he's a witch, so he needs to come back and stand trial. Because I have a personal vendetta against this guy. Okay, yeah, exactly. that checks out. That checks out. Exactly. Okay. Well, and then there was the a couple, John and Elizabeth Proctor. John was a successful tavern owner, and he lived on the outskirts of Salem Village. Um, he was first accused of witchcraft in late April after he had repeatedly expressed concerns about the trials. He's like, ah, are you guys sure that this is real? So he was, you know, being very vocal about his skepticism. Yeah. And so people were like, you're a witch. Oh, my <laughs> God, these people. So here's this Abigail Williams, who was one of the first accusers. She initially accused his John's pregnant wife, Elizabeth. And then when Williams took the stand, she shifted her focus to John. She accused him of being her main tormentor, all while coming to him as a ghost, while <laughs> Elizabeth was just assisting him. She was an accomplice to his abuse. Wow. Yeah. So then this is where... The mentality of, oh, cool. This is my opportunity to get rid of this person I can't stand. Right. Comes in. John Proctor had a lot of enemies, and they definitely took advantage of the opportunity to testify against him and just make up stories. His wife, or his, his servant, Mary Warren, um, accused him of practicing witchcraft. So both Elizabeth and John on April 5th, 1692, were sent to jail pending execution. Um. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. John was hanged on August 19th, 1692. And his wife, Elizabeth, her execution was postponed until after she gave birth. Mm. But luckily, after she had her son... 
Her life was spared and she was released. Oh, good. But yeah. still, like, ugh, that poor guy, that poor family. Like, mm-hmm. that's horrible to go yeah. through. Yeah. It'd be like, I, I, yeah. So here's Giles and Martha Corey, another couple. Now, Giles, he was a very successful farmer, but he had a really bad reputation. And a great name. Um, yes. Well, eh, years, years before the trials, Corey actually beat his farmhand to death over oh. some stolen apples. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Disregard. Betty. Betty knows. Will you shut the hell up? I don't need you adding <laughs> to the ambiance. God damn it. Damn full moon. Yeah, I know. So his farmhand stole some apples. So he beat this guy so severely that he ended up dying of his injuries. Um, unfortunately, physical abuse in 16. Well, actually, no, this was 16 years before math, math, whatever. It, abuse was legal then. Yeah. So he was only fined. Wait, 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 wait. But uh, speaking of abuse, isn't isn't the um, the rumor that uh, thumbs up was like the thumb was the um, the thickness of of the the ruler to beat your wife? Or am I making that up? Thumbs up was like the gladiator thing. Oh, because I swear I thought it was like relating to abuse, but I guess not. Maybe maybe I had my information wrong. Man. Don't listen to me. I don't know. I'm drinking. It's fine. No, that's that's weird. That's something we gotta look into. So so they, they you know, Giles is oh yeah, he's got this bad reputation. Well, his wife Martha was arrested under suspicion of witchcraft, and Giles turned his back on her and he believed the accusations. <laughs> and then he was accused of witchcraft and he's like you know what? I was wrong. We're not wow. going practice witchcraft. What? What the hell? What is happening right so, now? Oh my gosh. I know. Basically, it was like, hey, Giles is a dick. Remember he killed that guy for stealing apples? Yeah. Well, his wife's a witch. What? Oh my you know? God. He's like, yeah, yeah, she's totally a witch because he's a dick. He's a total dick. So I can basically be like, wife, and then oh. it's like he goes down with her. So. I, <sighs> His accuser was a girl named Mercy Lewis, and this was in September of 1692. She she stated that Giles Corey's specter appealed to her, obligating her to write in his book, you know, the book. So during his trial, he refused to plead either guilty or not guilty, and that meant that he couldn't be tried. Hmm. So they were like, well, okay. We can't have a wizard walking among us. Um, I'm sorry. So, it's pronounced uh, warlock. Get it right. 1600 Puritans. I think a warlock is somebody who denounced the coven. Wait, really? I think now, so. Are you sure? Because Halloween Town taught me it was witches and warlocks. Warlocks. Actually, male witches are just are, are witches. Oh, Oh, it's gender fluid. I love that. It is. It really Ooh, is. Ooh, very, very progressive. At least that's what I was taught. At least that's what I was taught. I like you never that better. To be Let's go with that. Warlock because you've um, gone against your coven. Okay. Okay. So, so, uh, oh yeah. So this girl, Mercy Lewis is like, oh, he came to me. And he made me write in his book. Ah. So he was like, well, pfft, 
I played the fifth before pleading the fifth was anything. And they're like, well, we can't let you go. So we're going to do something called uh, Pienfort Edur. I'm sorry, Which what? is known... Yes, I, I know I mispronounced that. Uh, why do I keep trying to pronounce French terms? Notice all of these uh, horrific manners of death are all French. Scalping, yeah. this pine forte de whatever. Basically, <laughs> they put heavy boulders on top of him while he oh, laid God. on the floor naked. Oh, my God. Trying to get a confession out of him. Oh, my God. Uh, they wanted him to conf- you confess. You confess to being a, uh, a wizard. And he never did. He passed away after three days. Three days of excruciating pressure. Wow. He was kind of a dick. I don't mean to say he deserved it, but he was kind of a dick. Meanwhile, his poor wife, Martha, was hanged in late September of 1692. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the people who were uh, convicted of witchcraft. So then... We got uh, Massachusetts Governor Sir William Phipps. His wife, Martha, was accused of being a witch. And he was like, mm, you know, <laughs> let's, uh, let's revisit this. His wife, Mary, or no, I'm sorry, his wife's name was Mary Spencer Hall. And she had been questioned and uh, released you know, for witchcraft. So then he's like, you know, let's let's look at this here. So he decides to dissolve the court in October of uh, October 29. So Phipps replaced it with a superior court of judicature, which disallowed spectral evidence and only condemned three out of 56 defendants. And basically Phipps eventually pardoned all who were in prison on witchcraft charges by May of 1693. But the wow. damage had already been done. 19 people were hanged. Uh, a 71-year-old man was pressed to death. And several people died in jail. Nearly 200 people overall had been accused of practicing the devil's magic. So at the center of all of this, let's talk about the OG Mean Girls. The accusers. Hmm. They were often referred to as the afflicted girls. There were oh a core God. there were a core group of accusers. They were all girls, all young women ranging in age from nine to twenty. They all screamed and had seizures and barked and displayed all kinds of crazy behavior that others were like, Oh, that's satanic possession. That's I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they were girls from all walks of life. They were servants. They were from prominent families. Um, They just, you know, a little little bit of everybody, but they were all dicks, really. (laughs) Nobody knows why they did this. Nobody can, nobody can explain. To be assholes? Well, nobody can explain their behavior. Um, Historians have said, you know, there's a couple different explanations uh, economic hardship. Mm. Maybe they were they fraud. Mm. Uh, mass hysteria. You know, when you really believe something's happening, and you're, uh, yeah. I mean, your mind will take over. I mean, m- mental illness, like Very you had true. said, or that condition that I talked about caused by fungus that grows on rye and other grains. 
and it causes hallucinations, seizures, all you know, and very uh, problematic behavior. Back then, they didn't know that that was the that could have been the cause because mm-hmm. their science wasn't, you know, oh not no, there not at all, didn't exist, not at all. So nobody knows. It's impossible to tell why these girls did it, but there, you know, there were. Um, a girl named, well, obviously the beginning, the first accusers, Elizabeth, Paris, and Abigail Williams, who were 9 and 11. Uh, Betty, Elizabeth, never went to any of the trials. Her parents sent her away. The Paris family sent her away to live with family amid all of the sensationalism of the wow. trials. Um, and Samuel Paris was dismissed from his job as a minister in Salem Village and they moved out of town. Now, Betty later married a shoemaker and had five children. She died in 1690. Abigail, on the other hand, the um, 11-year-old cousin, uh, she played a prominent role in the Salem witch trials, so she definitely was there to um, try, you know, to go against the, the people to mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> Basically see her work in action. (laughs) Right, exactly. She accused a total of 57 people of witchcraft. Oh, my God. Wow, And she gave her last testimony before the court early in 1692, but no record of her life exists after the trials. Oh. Mm -hmm. I wonder what happened. I don't know. I have no idea. And then there's Anne Putnam. She was... uh, the 12-year-old daughter of Thomas Putnam, who the, that minister had borrowed money from, mm-hmm. she actually was one of the most prolific accusers. She named and testified against more than 60 people. Hmm. She was not a nice person. No. Her family was one of the most prominent families, close ally of the Paris Thomas, the Paris family. Um, she oh, was. So that's why she did it. Was because she came from. She was well off, and she's like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna do this because I can." She was stuck up. Yeah. Oh, totally. So she was a key instigator of the witch trials. So, but her parents died suddenly in 1699, and she then had to start looking after her seven younger siblings. Um, in 1706, she was she wanted to join the Salem Village Church, and Anne offered the only known apology of any of the Salem accusers. She said that she had been deluded by the devil and that she desired to lie in the dust and earnestly okay. beg forgiveness from God and from all those unto whom I have given just cause of sorrow and offense. Wow. So, but so they they're like, oh, okay, cool, you can join. You're fine. She died nine nine years later. Jeez. So then there is Elizabeth Hubbard. She was 17. Um, She went on to testify against 29 people, 13 of whom were executed. Uh, She actually had a very special talent. She was known to go into trances in in the courtroom. Um, And she was very adamant that she was um, tormented by the specters of the accused. Then we have uh, 16-year-old Mary Wolcott. And she was, she was poor and she just, you know, was kind of in it 
to be one of the accusers and, and get the little fame, you know, that they actually had. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the daughter of a sea captain who was the leader of the Salem Village Militia. So, but she was actually related to the Putnam family by marriage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, interesting. <laughs> yep, Very interesting. The Walcotts, the Walcotts lived next door to the Parises. So, basically, oh, there was a witch cake involved with Mary Walcott. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary's other aunt, Mary Sibley, a lot of the same names, had encouraged the baking of the witch cake. Ew. Okay, here we go. This is bringing it all back home. Baking of the witch cake that led to Betty and Abigail's accusations against uh, Tibuta. Wait, what? Wait, 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 mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. Okay, what, what kind of witch cake are we talking about? Uh, they, whatever cake Tibuta had baked for the girls that caused them to be afflicted. So then they recreated it again? Um, apparently so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So my notes got a little bit sketchy here. Um, yeah. So I'm basically, they they all like live next to each other. They're all in cahoots with one another. Mm-hmm. It's one big conspiracy. Mary Walcott joined. Oh yeah, uh, they joined. The, she joined the core group of accusers by March 1692, and she said that she had many visions and had lots of afflictions in the hands of accused witches. Um, a lot of times, she would just be sitting in the courtroom knitting very calmly while the other afflicted girls had fits around her. Wow. Mm-hmm. Of the witches that Walcott testified against, 16 were executed. And one, she, remember, she's the one who uh, testified against Giles Corey, Mm -hmm. who was pressed to death. And another died in jail. Well, good for Mary Walcott. She got to marry a local man and had six kids and lived until the age of 77. Hmm. I mean, I don't think Mm -hmm. karma should have given her that, but okay. I know. So now we have Mercy Lewis. Uh, She was 19. She was working in a servant in the household of Thomas and Ann Putnam. So she was also with the Putnams and, you know, the Putnam. They are the devil. My gosh. Uh Yep. Yep. And then we have Mary Warren, who was the oldest. She was 20. She worked at as a servant in the household of John and Elizabeth Proctor. Proctor? I barely know her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Sorry. Well, I, I she's we the one, the tavern owner. John was the tavern owner. Remember, John was like, I, okay. He was the one who had a lot of enemies against him, John mm-hmm. and his wife, Elizabeth. Yeah. And she worked as their servant. And... Um, you know, John, to refresh your memory, was an outspoken critic of the witch trials. But then Mary Warren was convicted or accused of witchcraft. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's basically he said, she said shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And cake. So then, yeah, and cake. There's always cake. Probably not real good cake because it was 1692. No, the cake's a so, lie. 
So Mary Warren then, she's kind of like the last one standing. Uh, they brought her before the judges in April of 1692. And she said that the uh, afflicted person's did but disassemble or fake their symptoms. In response, the afflicted in the courtroom went into severe fits. So then Warren was like, oh, shit, what'd I do? And so then she's like, oh, like she goes into, thank you for the added. <laughs> I was like, your cats are doing it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, thank you, Betty. Betty's afflicted. <laughs> so she just kind of, she then instantly realized, well, shit. Okay, I can't say that. I, that we're making this stuff up. So then she starts acting afflicted. And then she rejoined the mean girl ranks of the accusers. Ugh. And then that's when she testified against the proctors, who she claimed had tricked her into signing the devil's book. Wow. There's so much happening right now. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> knows what happened to Mary Warren after the trials. Nobody knows. But basically, people started to realize or become a little more outspoken that this really isn't something we should be supporting. Mm -hmm. So Governor Phipps, he dissolved, as I said, he dissolved all of that. Um, the the courts and just pardoned everybody, released those who were still alive, all of those who were in prison on witchcraft charges. And in January of 1697, the Massachusetts General Court declared a day of fasting for the tragedy of the Salem witch trials. Oh, wow. And the court later deemed the trials unlawful, and the leading justice, Samuel Sewell, publicly apologized for his role in the process. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what, this was just four years later. Yeah. Four years later, they realized, well, shit, we really fucked up. But the damage to the community, I mean, still lingers today. And there's still and then, witch hunts in modern era. So, like, it's still... Oh, absolutely, there is. In just in different is. forms. So it still mm -hmm. lives on, thanks to them. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. But people, you know, the the town of Salem will always be associated with that, you know, how what was it, a year, a year and a half, two years, of the witch hunts. Mm -hmm. um, they actually passed legislation to restore the good names of the condemned and they gave financial restitution to their heirs in 1711. But it did not. It, it took until fifth. Let's try this again. I'm just so beside myself. It took until 1957, more than 250 years later, for Massachusetts to formally apologize <laughs> for the events of 1692. Wow. Like, hey, guys, remember that one time in the 1600s we did something bad? Yeah, we're mm -hmm. sorry. We, we really Moving fucked on. up. Moving <laughs> like, Right. Okay. So, yeah, um, a lot of the things that we learned about, you know, with the Salem witch trials, very... Um, Oh, God. Uh, people just making shit up. Yeah. And, you know, burning at the stake and throwing but, them in the water and seeing if they really. sink or they. I mean, it's, you know, uh, yeah, it, it was a horrible time. And basically, I think that it was just some girls trying to get themselves out of trouble and they caused mass hysteria. And their mass hysteria and their fears allowed the community to single out people who didn't fit in and mm -hmm. people that others didn't like 
Oh, absolutely. Um, some, some people will say it was a land grab. Some people will say it was, I mean, it was a little bit of everything. There was a lot of misogyny. There was a lot of, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, people just going after people that they just didn't like. A lot of, um, not racism, a lot of But it's the uh, original prejudice. bullying. Mm-hmm. And, and prejudice, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And it's mm-hmm. so messed up that it's trickled down to what we know bullying and gaslighting. And I mean, you can honestly say that that's kind of a branch of that a little bit. Like, or is that maybe stretching uh, too far? I it would might be say, stretching it too far. But like, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, but there's always well, connections I mean, to it. Definitely uh, white girl privilege at its best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, my daddy I mean, owns this, and me, 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 me. Yeah, I mean, they're you know looking at it from that perspective. These girls, they're oh, that's so and so's daughter. What she never, you know? Oh, that's so and so's servant. She, you know, whoa, and th- this guy's a dick. So and it's just it's it's horrible. So once you actually learn who these people were, who were accused, um, not all of them are great people. Yeah, but. There was definitely an ulterior motive for accusing them of witchcraft. You know, and I think, honestly, I think that um, the girls also may have just been a pawn for some people. True. You know, oh, hey, what do you think about that tavern owner? What do you think? Mary? Yeah. And then use her as, you know, the reason behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So that is the story of the Salem witch trials. You and did a fabulous job. Holy crap. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was that was tough. And I'm glad that I finally focused in on the, you know, American Salem witch trials because there are oh, some of them from around the world are just heartbreaking. Yeah. And it, this stuff still happens today. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. So it's so sad. Mm hmm. It really is. But again, thank you to SmithsonianMag.com, GhostCityTours.com, and History.com for all of the valuable information. Ah, wow. Mm-hmm. That's. I'm, I'm going to go watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch now after that. Mm-hmm. I need something witchy, lighthearted yeah. <laughs> for this full moon. Oh We're recording gosh, on a- the full moon, but this episode drops after. You know what yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> well, okay, with the full moon, if if you believe in that sort of thing, you can work with the power of the full moon three days before and three days after. Okay, perfect. Good timing. So and this is this is the full moon in Aries, mm-hmm. which means you are shedding things which no longer serve you. We've been going we've gone through hell for the past couple of months because yeah. of all of the retrograde that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Break all those crystals, people. Got to charge them. Get them under that moonlight tonight. Yeah. Well, next moon when you listen to this. But you know what we're meaning. Anyways. No, they can still do that because it'll be Friday. They can still put it under the moon. Can they? Really? Three days before, three days after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, 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 right. I'm still new Mm -hmm. to the crystal game. Apologies. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) Oh, God. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. So what are we talking about next week? I wish it was something. Actually, no. What are we? Yes, next week. What are we doing next? Because we're. We've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up yeah, for it's Halloweener. Ne- yeah, it's next week. Next Tuesday for our normal um, uh, airing 
schedule, our normal schedule, um, we're going to talk about, I figured this, we're going to go out of the heartland for this one because it's it's appropriate for the week of Halloween. We're going to talk about Danny Rowling, a.k.a. the Gainesville Ripper in Gainesville, Florida. He murdered five students, and this is the murder that the movie Scream, the franchise, uh, was loosely, and I stress the word loosely, uh, inspired by figured it's only appropriate to cover this one because I love the Scream franchise. Shout out to my friend Aaron who got me obsessed with it. Ugh, I figured it was appropriate. I can't All wait. right. Okay. Well, then here we go. And remember to subscribe wherever you are listening to Horrific Heartland. Just uh, give a little subscribe there. Be sure to like us. You can give us some reviews. Five star, please. And also you can send us an email if you have any story ideas. Horrificheartland at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Facebook, we have a discussion group. And on Instagram, Horrific Heartland Podcast. That's it, right? That's it. That's all we got. Yeah. God, that was a long one. It that was, was a very so long one. It was so good, though. It was so good. Like, ugh. I hope I, I hope I did everybody justice because it's like my notes are like, you know, and yeah. Um, so I, I hope that I, I, I hope I did them justice. I, I think do. you did. I think they be. I, I really think they're do. proud looking over right now, or looking mm-hmm. down. Except for the one guy who killed his farmhand for apples because he's a dick. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Anyways, I'll talk to you soon. All right, girly. Bye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.